That's better. Let's take our Bibles and let's go to the book of Deuteronomy. We're going to go to chapter 28. Deuteronomy chapter 28. If uh, you're like me and you've uh, been reading your Bible together with me, and uh, you know we're asking questions as we go along, you can't help but find things that are going to be a bit of a challenge for us. And uh, let's put it this way. The, the whole Old Testament is really an amazing book in the fact that it is given to us, uh, first of all, in the Pentateuch, then you have the Kings, then you have the what we call the Humble Writings, and so on and so forth. Uh, we, how many of you have ever tried to sing the Psalms? And yet in Psalms chapter 1, it begins with a great song uh, called uh, Blessed is He, that if you really take a look at it, and I remember many years ago that we would sing a song together, that was more modernized uh, from Psalms chapter 1. But the reason that I'm turning your attention to the book of Deuteronomy this morning Moses is getting ready to, to be called to the Lord. In fact, he's already been told you're going to die. <laughs> How many of you all would love to hear from God and say, well, you might as well get your effects in order because you're going to die? And yet, over and again, we find so many of our kings and everything that they were given that command. Aaron was one of the first. Miriam was also died in the wilderness. And you have a transition that's going to go in. And I thought about this for a moment. You have all of those people that were born a slave. And so when you have Moses and Aaron and Miriam and all the children of Israel, all of those folks were born slaves. And only two of the remaining individuals, meaning Joshua and Caleb, they were going to be allowed to bring in the children of Israel into a land of promise. They were the only two that were above 80 years of age that would survive going through the wilderness. Now, they were born a slave, but they were a demonstration of the great abilities that God would have on the faithfulness of his people. And I got to thinking about that for a moment as I began to study this today. Now, I want you to think about this for a moment. The children of Israel were going to have to pass through Mount Ebal and Mount Gerizim. And as they would pass in between Mount Ebal and Gerizim, on Mount Gerizim they, they would hear the good things that were going to be proclaimed to them. They were going to hear the praises, blessed, 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 blessed. Ebal, and I can remember this because Ebal sounds like evil to me, they would hear all the cursing. So as long as they followed after the blessings of God, there was going to be blessings that were going to be given to them. And I want to read to you some of the things that are given to us in, in Deuteronomy chapter 28. We're going to go down to, uh, from verse 1 to down to verse 14. And if you'll bear with me, then we're going to go over to uh, Matthew chapter 5. Let's read this together, shall we? And it came to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe and to do all his commandments, which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee, if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Blessed shalt thou be in the city, and blessed shalt thou be in the field. 
Blessed shall be the fruit of thy body, and the fruit of thy ground, and the fruit of thy cattle, and the increase of thy kind, and the flocks of thy sheep. Blessed shall be thy basket and thy store. Blessed shall be when thou comest in, and blessed shall be when thou goest out. The Lord shall cause thine enemies that rise up against thee to be smitten before thy face. They shall come out against thee one way and flee before thee seven ways. And the Lord shall command the blessings upon thee and thy storehouses and in all that thou hast settest thine hand unto. And he shall bless thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. The Lord shall establish thee at holy people unto himself, as he has sworn unto thee that thou, may, thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God and walk in his ways. And all people of the earth shall see that thou art called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of thee, and the Lord shall make thee plenteous in goods, and in the fruit of thy body, and in the fruit of thy cattle, and in the fruit of thy ground, and the land which the Lord swear unto thy fathers to give thee. And the Lord shall open unto thee a good treasure, heaven to give the rain unto thy land in, in his season, and bless all the work of thine hand, and thou shalt lend unto many nations, and thou shalt not borrow. And the Lord shall make thee, a, make thee the head, and not the tail, and thou shalt be above only, and thou shalt not, uh, not be beneath, if thou hearken unto the commandments of the Lord, thy God, which I command thee this day to observe to do them. And thou shalt not go aside from any of thy words which I command thee this day to the right hand or to the left or to go after other gods to serve them. All right, now let's go over to the book of Matthew, chapter 5. Matthew, chapter 5. And let's go to verse 1. And again, these, this is on the mount where the Lord is going to give the Beatitudes and everything else, and many times these are referred to as just the Beatitudes. All right, let's go to chapter 5, beginning at verse 1. And seeing the multitudes, he went into a high mountain, and when he was set, his disciples came to him. I think it's important to remember this was not given to people per se, but it was given to his disciples. As of yet, the Lord has yet to call the 12 apostles. That doesn't happen until Matthew chapter 10. So these are, the, these are the blessings that we can all adhere to if we are followers of Christ. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is the reward in heaven, for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. 
Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Now, Father, we pray that you will give us that which is needed today as we study together. I want to thank you, Father, for the things that you have allowed me to read and for these words that you have laid upon my heart. Lord, I want to be a blessing to everyone that I come in contact with as I am blessed even by this church and the membership of this body and so many people who really care so much for me and for the, the words that are presented. Lord, we know that we are not all together as a body, but Lord, I pray that you will let this ring out so that everyone that is listening, that they may see it for themselves and be blessed likewise, Lord. I want to thank you, Father, for the mercies that you show us each and every day. And let us focus upon you for the goodness that only you can bring. So guide us. Help us, dear Father, to be faithful. Lead us, dear Father. Convict us of our sins that we may come before you asking for the forgiveness so that righteousness can be restored. And guide and bless and protect us now. For it's in Christ we pray. Amen. It is interesting to me that we a lot of times want the blessings, but we don't want what's in, involved with the blessings. Now, I've got to think about this for a moment, and I want you to understand is that uh, I've had the blessing of being with, with Greg and Carla and, and the family and, and to go over and see the, the cattle as they're being born. In fact, we all kind of rejoice together. Uh, I, any more cattle been born? Anyway, so we, we, we know that at least two calves have been born. And, uh, you know, every day that I don't get to talk to him, I kind of wonder what's going on. But we go out and we laugh together. We mend fences together whenever we get the opportunity. We, we planted corn together and, and uh, raised the crops, and we've heard all the complaints that goes along with that. But God has been rich in his blessings to us. And I wonder how many of us have actually taken time to think about blessings. I'm going to say something to everyone that I am sure is going to, be, is going to find its way to a fence. And the reality is is that no matter how we look at it, I, I still long for the past times. Now, when I say that I kind of long for the past times, I remember sitting under my dad's table, you know, sitting at his table and having my feet under that, you know, under his table and, and leaving the, the, the food that we would have there, mom's good cooking, dad's food as well. And uh, also how that uh, whenever we had biscuit and gravy as became part of the charter as well, uh, that if we had biscuit and gravy, that meant that we were going right into hard labor for the rest of the day. But I want you to think about this for a moment. There was a respect that was given to the things of God that we don't see even in this day and age. Now think about that for a moment. We want the blessings of God, but we don't want the responsibilities of the things of God. I'll give you an example. And again, I'm probably going to be chastised for this, and that's okay if that happens. But the Bible speaks in the book of Genesis. I want you to see this. Hold your place here for a moment. In the book of Genesis, chapter 2, we have a great example of what God gives us. Now, I love studying the Word of God, and a lot of times studying can cause me to go deeper than I should go, and causes me to really examine things that I don't necessarily have to examine. But in chapter 2 of the book of Genesis, beginning in verse 1, thus the heavens and the earth were finished. Did you notice again that the word heavens is ahead of the earth? So everything that God created was already completed, and all the hosts of them. 
And on the seventh day, God ended his work which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all of his work which he had made. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because he had rested from all the work which God created and made. Now I want you to get this. So we find this, that the seventh day was a demonstration of God. Was God tired? I don't think God was even remotely tired because we know that he is God. But there was a reason that he rested on the seventh day. That reason can be found in the book of Mark. And I want you to go over there now with me, if you will, to the book of Mark. And let's go to chapter 2. I'm going to go down to verse 27 and 28. So in Mark chapter 2, verses 27 and 28, we are shown why God rested on the seventh day. Or right, look in verse 27. And he said unto them, The Sabbath was made for man, not for himself, but as an order. How many of us are really excited that we were made after, the, after God's image? We, we really like to hold to that, don't we? And I mean, everything that God did meant that he was demonstrating what, what we could do in him if we so have a desire. We learned how to create. We learned how to plant. We knew, learned how to grow. But how many of us really enjoy taking the day off on Saturday or on Sunday? Now, yeah, brother, you're, 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 you're getting into things that we don't need to get into. I, I, I want to get into these things, and here's the reason why. There was a Sabbath that was given for us to rest. And that day of rest was given for a reason. Look at verse 28. Therefore the Son of Man is Lord, therefore the Son of Man is Lord also of the Sabbath. Now, many people will turn around and they'll say, but you don't keep the Sabbath day. You're absolutely right. We don't keep the Sabbath day. And the reason we don't keep the Sabbath day as we do is we've moved it to the first day of the week. Why do you think that happened? Let's go backwards, if you will, to the book of Matthew. And we're going to go to chapter 28. And we're going to read the end of the Sabbath, which means that we're now entering into the, the new day of the week, remembering that the evening and the morning represents the day, not the, not the other way around like what we have so many generations. But look at verse 1. And in the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulchre. And behold, there was a great earthquake, and the angel of the Lord descended from on heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. The Lord was released, or he released himself on the first day of the week, not on the last day of the week. Why do you think that was? To show that there was something brand new that was given. From that point on, and I'll show this to you. Let's go to the book of Revelation chapter 1. And in Revelation chapter 1, we find this wonderful statement. From that point on, all has been a, we, we, we have observed the first day of the week as the day that we serve the Lord. Look what it says in verse 1, or excuse me, in verse 10. And I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. If you don't have this underlined, underline the Lord's day. We have begun the service to our God on his day. How many of you know that? Why do we worship on Sunday is because we worship the Lord on his day, the Lord's day, the first day of the week. And I heard behind me a great voice of the trumpet. Once again, 
we find that John was observing the, the Lord on his day, and God was going to bless him for it. Let me show you something else that I think is very important. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 16. 1 Corinthians chapter 16. As you're turning there, one of the things we find is that a church is required to do many things for the good of the congregation. Now, we're going to demonstrate that here in a little bit. Uh, we'll go off the air and we're going to have a little bit of a business meeting where we want to discuss uh, sending money for someone. But before we do that, I want you to see where that is written in Scripture. Look at chapter 16 of 1 Corinthians. Notice it says, Now concerning the collection for the saints. Which saints is he talking about? There was a great collection that was being taken up for the, the saints of Jerusalem because the church was under dire straits. And so, notice, as I have given order to the churches of Galatia, even so do ye. Upon the first day of the week. What is the first day of the week? The day we worship. The day we serve together. The day we meet together as a church. Let every one of you lay in him in store as God has prospered him, and that there be no more gatherings when I come. Once again, I want to show this to you. Everything we do as a church, we can do on the first day of the week. Is it laborious? The answer is absolutely not. I've had people come up to me and they say, Brother Prayer, what day do you, do you take off? <clears throat> and when I say Sunday, they say, No, you don't. But this is the way come and worship with my brothers and sisters and I know that the messages that we have here are so important for us to realize. Now, I want you to get this. This is a special day. But do we treat it as special as we should have? Now, I've had a lot of people, they'll, they'll, they'll say, well, you're antinomial, meaning against the law. Well, may I point this out to you? I eat pig. I'm sorry, brother. I know it goes against everything that you've pondered. But I do eat pig. I like pork chops. I like bacon. There's not a piece of bacon that has ever escaped my resonance that I have not been able to see candy bacon. How many of you all have ever had? Oh, so good. Candy bacon. I love sausage. I love good sausage. I love pork loin. Yes, Lord, if you had commanded to the Gentile people that we were not to eat pig, I would probably go hungry. But the reality is, is I do like pork. But may I point this out to you? I am not under the Jewish law to observe all things that were given to the Jews. I have been redeemed as a Gentile, and so if I'm going to read God's word and realize that there was a blessing for me as well as a curse against me. And may I point this out to you? One of the things that I find all the time in this world are people confused over the Word of God. And it's a very simple thing. We were talking about this a little bit earlier. It's the simplicity that confounds the wise. Let me give you an example. Let's turn to the book of Malachi. And this is getting way ahead of where I wanted to go. But in Malachi chapter 3, I want us to see what it says in verse 8. Now, I want you to get this. Malachi chapter 3. We're going to go down to verse 8, and we're going to refer back to this in just a little bit. Will a man rob God? Now, I think that's a great question. We don't intend to rob God, 
But how many times have I ever been in a church and known of the pastor and he goes, well, I, I don't think that God ought to, uh, you know, that, that if we want to give 100% of what God has given us, we ought to give back 100%. Okay, I, I don't have a problem with that. But I do have a problem when a preacher says we're going to have 100% Sunday. Because the fact of the matter is, are you going to pay for my bills? Good stewardship is something that's been required of us, and I believe that the very top layer ought to be given. But how much of the top layer? And here's what's funny. I will ask these same preachers, well, how much should I give if all I can afford is to give what I can give? Well, at least 10%. Where'd you get that number? That's called a tithe. That was given to Melchizedek. That was given as a requirement to the Jews that they would give at least a tenth of their giving. But here's the reality is, is even the Lord never condemned the giving of a tithe and offering to the congregation. Look what it says here. Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, where in Now, I, I, let me just say this. I know that this congregation has a heart to where there will be a blessing. Always a blessing. We're going we're gonna to end right there for right now, but we're going to come back to this particular place, and I want you to hold your place here in the book of Malachi. So I think we've got like four different sections that we're holding to, right? May I point this out to you? If we can't be faithful over the simplest things, how can we expect God to be greater in the multiple things? I'll give you a case in point. The other day I had someone who wanted to give me a, 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 a tip. And I, I have a problem with that. And, and, and this is me personally. Because the fact is, is I'm just doing my job. And you know, the reality is, is, if you ever look at a tip, it's supposed to be done something that gives a favor. Matter of fact, if you ever want to go back and read the history of tips, you gave the tip ahead of time, not at the end for good service. You gave it ahead of time to get favorable treatment, not at the end to where you monitor how much that you were treated. The reality is, is that I want to know that people respect me, but not necessarily with money. Just saying that you respect me should be enough. But here's the thing that's interesting. In Deuteronomy chapter 28, there is nothing here about prosperity. But the reward for good work. I want you to think about that. Did you notice that earlier I said about Greg how that we were we would go in and we would work out the garden? How many of you all have ever worked out your garden? Why do we work out the garden? So that there will be plenty of broken up soil so the water can get in. So that when the rains come that they, it can go in. To get rid of the weeds that are necessary that will choke out the good plants. We, we work out the garden. And we plant the seeds. We do all the labors. I guarantee you that it, when we put in the labor, God blesses. But who gives us the desire to put all these things in? God does. Now look at what it says again. Verse 2 of Deuteronomy chapter 28. And all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee. In other words, we do these things not looking for the blessings, but knowing that the blessings are going to come. Now, you know what's funny is, I, man, when Greg invites me over and we have sweet corn, man, I, I want some of that sweet corn. 
I love those big old tomatoes when you slice them through. You know, how many of you have ever heard the song Homegrown Tomatoes? There ain't nothing like a homegrown tomato. Put a little salt on it. Even if you don't put salt on they taste great. But I love cantaloupe. I love watermelon. I love everything that comes out of the garden. I can almost be a vegetarian, almost except for bacon. I like my bacon. But the reality is, is that every little bit, it shows me the blessing. But do you realize where the blessing starts? Now think about this for a moment. This is going to be really hard. Starts in that little box back there. I learned a long time ago that if I try to outgive God, I can't do it. And yet, I will begrudge him a tenth. I will begrudge him more. You know, it's interesting, and, and you can ask Greg, I very seldom ever even ask about the financial statement of the church. But I take that responsibility as well. One of the reasons that I enjoy working is the living testimony that I give to others but I want to give to God. And reality is, is that the, the Bible speaks to me in so many ways. The command to give, but what does it say in the book of Psalms? God loveth a cheerful giver. Isn't it amazing to us all that God begins with command, but then he gives us the blessing of being cheerful? And I want you to focus on this for a moment. Come on now. Everybody with me? Everybody's with me, right? If we focus upon what God gives us, what is the one desire that we have for this church? Not personally, but what is the one desire we have of this church that we want to see more than anything else? Now, I could probably go around the room and I could ask that question of everybody, and our answer might vary. But let me just tell you about my hope. My hope is that God will add to us numerically and that we will grow spiritually. Now, did you hear what I said? That God will add to us numerically and that we will grow spiritually. That means I have to dedicate myself to what he has already given me. Now, is it impossible? Well, you know, we've tried that once before. Did we? Did we really try these things as much as we say we have tried them? And we're living in the last time, so we're not going to have as many people that come in. Well, guess what? I've learned something about the dedication to the things of God. Sometimes God gives handfuls on purpose. How many of us have ever read the book of Ruth? And when I read the book of Ruth, I find that here's this woman. She was a Moabitish person. By the way, the word Moab means wash pot. God's wash pot. She wasn't even worthy to be a, a woman that was gleaning, except there was the command that the fields would be left alone for even the strangers. And here was Ruth. And she would be out there and she began to glean amongst the gleaners. How many of you have ever taken a little bit of wheat and thrown it into the ground and tried to find it? And yet, the only way you can find it is to be on your knees and really looking. Isn't that amazing? 
How many of us have been on our knees before and praying, God, you know my heart. Lord, forgive me of my sins. Help me to find the victory in my life and in everything that I do. Do you realize that we are still alive because God's not done with us yet? God has not returned because he's not done with us yet. The blessing isn't how much that God can pour out upon us as far as prosperity goes, but what blessings are waiting in store. Now look at this. See if I'm wrong. And it said, in this, and look at verse 2, of Deuteronomy chapter 28, And all the blessings shall come upon thee and overtake thee, if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. This entire book is the voice of God. How many of you know that? Now, is the Old Testament only written for the Jews? If that's the case, rip it out. You don't need it. Was the law only pertaining to the Jews? Well, as much as I like pork, if the doctor tells me, man, you've got to get off that pork, guess what I'm probably going to do? Begrudge him. <laughs> I will tell him, I'll say, all right, I'm going to get rid of the pork. Uh, let me just say this. I, I used to have something in my heart that would cause my heart to speed up. And the doctor came up to me one time and he goes, well, he said, you have something called PAT, which, you know, it, it, it happens to young people as they're developing. He said, you need to get off all coffee. Okay, I, I can do it with all coffee. And you need to do away with, you know, all your iced teas. Man, I love good, sweet iced tea. And he said, you, you really got to get off all caffeinated colas. Then he said something that was an abomination. He said, you got to get rid of all the chocolate. I said, wait a minute, doctor. I like chocolate. But there's enough caffeine in chocolate... <laughs> That will knock you down. I said, can I have it in moderation? And he kind of laughed and goes, you're going to have chocolate in moderation. I, I haven't been too good in my moderation. But the reality is, is that the, the fact is, he was looking after my health. I was looking after my wants. Now, may I point this out to you? Sometimes God says, you've got to get rid of things in your life. And here's the, here's the best test of all. Anything that hinders your service unto God and keeps you away from God, God can take it away from us. He can. And if that's what is required, God will bring us to this place of servitude. But here's the thing. What we look at God will go, how dare you do this to me? How many of us understand that God means it for good? I'll give you a case in point. We live in a land of freedom. And it's slowly being eroded away. But we live in a land of freedom. And I can work I can do everything. I can me off the air already. But I can preach the word of God everywhere that I go. But how many people understand that every time that there's a broadcast, including this congregation, you're looking to see if I'm real or not. Now, when I tell people that I am real, you know if I'm real or not. Am I real to what I believe? Am I real to the Word of God? Am I real to all these things? And the voice of the Lord should make me understand these things are precious to me. Now let's go back over to the book of Malachi. And I'll show you what I'm talking about as well. 
in the book of Malachi, chapter 3, and I want you to see the blessing that is in store for us. Now, I've already told you what I'm, what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping to see a building of this congregation. I don't want to suffer or I don't want to build on the backs of other congregations. I really don't. So, how do we build? We have to build based upon other people in the community that need to hear about Jesus Christ. And this is our daily testimony. Now look at verse 8. Once again, will a man rob God? You say, have you robbed, yet have we robbed me? But you say, wherein have we robbed thee in tithes and offerings? Ye are cursed. Now, here's the thing. I don't believe that this church is cursed. Anyone here believe that we're cursed? We're small, but we're not cursed. I need, you know, I meant to tell you this earlier. We got a, we got a wonderful report from Brother Todd Marks. I posted it up on the bulletin board. I got a, we got a message from Brother uh, James, uh, Frank James. And he also reported that there's a lot of things going on in Papua New Guinea that is out of his control, but he's there. And he's on top of it. We got a report from Brother Daniel Pearson and, and so on and so forth. But how many of us really realize that God has blessed us in ways that we don't understand his blessings? And these blessings allow us to support other missionaries. That's part of it. Look what else it says. You have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse. And I've, I've had preachers, they get mad at me for preaching this. And I tell them, I say, this is God's word. Bring, the, bring your tithes and offerings and bring them into this congregation. Because here's the thing, when I stand up here before you all, and we have our business meetings, and yes, I believe in the business meeting as well, and I listen to the, the regular report, and I listen to the financial report, I'm interested because these are things that we have agreed to as a church. We're supporting missionaries. We're supporting their needs. And God has blessed us in so many ways. But may I point this out to you? We bring them into this house, not into wherever we want to send them. We bring them here. How many of you want to see this church grow? I am. I want to see that church grow. How many of you want to see more salvations? I want to see more salvations. But the salvation, and here's a, here's a strange part, there is nothing in this church that will appeal to anyone for salvation's purpose. Now, I may mention Christ. I may tell others about Jesus Christ in this congregation of his death, burial, and resurrection. But the world needs to hear that. And I need to go to the world. And yet, for me to be able to do it, I have to go into the world to tell the world about Christ. Look what else it says. That there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now. And I love this part. Prove me. This is the area of blessing that I want you to see. Prove God. How many of you are afraid to prove what God has to say? Now, I'm not asking you to see you know, some of your money and I'll take care of it for you. I don't want your money. 
I want the blessings that God will bring us. That's what I want. That's what I desire. You know, when you're 68 years of age, shouldn't you take it? No, no, no. I'm like Caleb. I want that mountain. I want that mountain. God's promised me that mountain. And I may be getting older, but I still have my youth about me. Me and my family, we want that mountain. How many of you read that in the book of Joshua? How many of you know there's a song about that? I want that mountain. I want that mountain. If you don't know that song, you should look it up. Because the reality is it's a song that speaks of the victory. You know, we, we, don't we live as Baptists sometimes defeated? Well, we're so small because, no, 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 we're not small at all. We're powerful. God has allowed us to be powerful. Look what else it says. And I love this part. Prove me. Anyone want to join me for prayer? Lord, I'm going to be faithful in my giving. I'm going to be faithful in my attendance. I'm going to be faithful in everything you want from me, Lord. But Lord, build this congregation. Put it in the heart of every member of this church to be warriors for you. Bless, I pray thee. And Lord, add to this body that we may be victorious in you. Look what else it says. If I will not open you the windows of heaven, what is your heart's desire? What is your heart's desire? Do you realize that our God, and how many of you really have that kind of confidence that the Lord will open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that we can't even handle? Wouldn't it be wonderful if someone stood up and said, well, I think we ought to tear down this building and build another building. Oh, well, we can't do that. Yes, we can. How many of you want to hear a great choir? What takes people? How many of you all want to see the joys of the Lord in ways we've never seen them before? It's written in His Word. What did He say? I will open the windows of heaven and pour out you out a blessing. Did He say that He would restore every penny? No. I don't want every penny back. I have more. You know, here's, here's the funny thing. One of my jobs that I have at Chick-fil-A is I go walk the parking lot. I know it's going to be a good day if I find one penny. No, I do not put the penny down on my own. But if I find one penny, I know that God is going to be good to me. If he gives me two pennies, it's going to be a great day. Three pennies. I found a dime the other day. It was a great day. You say, well, Brother Prater, you're so cheap. <laughs> no. I'm blessed. And this church has been a blessing to me. We sang that song last week. How deep the Father's love for us. And I cannot forget it. And if His love is so deep, can I not share the depth of His love for others to see as well? There shall not be room enough to receive it. 
I pray for 50, 60. Well, Brother Prater, you're being greedy. No, I'm not. And if I'm praying for 50 or 60, how many are you praying for? Well, other people might not like it. I don't care what they like and don't like. How many of us are serving God because we're worried about what other people might think? We shouldn't. I want to serve God because he loves me. And he has already proven himself to me. I got a good little job. And here I have these gray, hoary hairs, and I'm being treated like a kid. Man, I love it. I love it. But more than anything, God, let me be a blessing to those that are around me. And help me to serve. We're passing through Mount Ebal and Mount Gerizim. On the one hand, we hear all the righteous blessings. On the other hand, we hear all the cursings. And we're passing through the middle. If I do the wrong, then I know evil is in store. But if I do that which he has signified as right, the best is yet to come. Father, now I want to thank you for your blessings, and I pray that you will use this message as you see fit. Thank you for allowing it to be on my heart, and help me, dear Father, to be faithful in your, in your glory, in all that you say for me to do each and every day. So guide and bless, watch over, may we rejoice in thy precious name, for it's in Christ we pray, amen. Brother Randy, if you have a song, Sister Brenda, I'll